And once more, it is What's Involved. And uh, man, have I got a guest for you. I have been looking forward to chatting to uh, this person for such a long time. And uh, finally, I managed to get it right. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about Mike Hancock. Hello, Mike. Hi, David. How are you doing? Good, good, good. It's awesome to have you along with us on the show. Now, before we get into a little bit of your story, um, you, you've done... So many things, I actually don't know where to start. But I think um, one of the things that uh, we're going to be talking about is uh, the circle of excellence and also the concept of uh, becoming more conscious and, and maybe looking at things like conscious capitalism. We're going to see where, where the discussion goes. But before we do that, tell me a bit about Mike Hancock. Give me a bit of your background and uh, how you managed to end up where you are today. Well, I've lived in New Zealand most of my life. Uh, you know, I've been backwards and forwards to South Africa for the last uh, eight years with my partner, Landy Jack. And uh, essentially, I was born in Australia, but I didn't really resonate with the Australian way of life. So I sort of left early on in my career. I was orphaned at 15. So, uh, you know, I was an only child to a solo mother, David. She died when I was 15. So I moved in with my best friends, finished school, didn't have the opportunity to go to university until I was well into my 30s, and uh, then sort of moved out, became a professional musician. Um, I played 12 years professionally, so I had a great life doing that, uh, playing in a rock band. Uh, at the same time, I was building a career in financial services. I ended up in my mid-30s being a general manager of the largest financial services company in New Zealand. In, in Rand had about 2.5 billion Rand a year that we had to get as a target, about 4,000 salespeople. And uh, I realized, you know, sort of around 20 plus years ago now that, you know, big corporate wasn't for me. I always thought I wanted to be the CEO of a big corporate, but I realized that most of the people that were there really didn't care about the company, the people, the clients or anything like that. They were simply trying to earn more money for themselves and do it with the least possible effort. So um, we were going through an IPO at the time and I facilitated along with five others of the senior management team, my expert ex exit and started my entrepreneurial life. And since then I've owned uh, companies in areas as diverse as construction, events, um, the music business, of course, uh, coaching and, and uh, institutes and uh, travel. So quite a, quite a few things, but for the last... 20 years, really, what I've been known for is my work in conscious leadership, uh, authoring several books, and, um, you know, going to 108 countries and spreading the word of, of you know, really people taking care of themselves and, and sort of becoming the best version of themselves that they can be, which quite honestly was stirred up by what I didn't see in my corporate life. Yeah, conscious leadership. But Mike, just on that and on that side, and and you know, we, we might sway a little off the the beaten path here and talk about things a little more esoterically. I've noticed, and and this has been a theme, particularly um, it started before COVID, but particularly during last year, the the, the main sort of uh, time of the pandemic, people seem to be coming more conscious and more awake and, and more sort of interested in themselves and, and how they can better themselves and how they can be of service. Is this something that, that you found and that you encourage? Well, absolutely. It goes a long way back before then, but there's certain movements that have happened and certain trigger points. So, 
I mean, we're talking about the work of Rudolf Steiner, Napoleon Hill. We're going back to the 1800s and early 1920s with Napoleon Hill. But, you know, in 1987, on the 14th of August, 1987, there was something called the Harmonic Convergence. And a guy sort of called Jose Aguilas, who basically introduced the Mayan prophecies to the world, um, got a bunch of people together in New Mexico. He's expecting a few hundred to turn up, but 200,000 turned up. So the whole thing went viral to have a look at this thing called the harmonic convergence, which was the lining up of the planets, a very rare occurrence. And uh, that triggered the whole new age movement as we know it today. I mean, you've got people like Greg Braden were there, Deepak Chopra, James Redfield, the list goes on and on and on of these sort of household author names in new age thinking and consciousness that literally came together in 1987. The next sort of pivot point was 1994, and that was really when I think you know, my um, inner soul got triggered to find out what more was out there in the world and not to, you know, listen to the imprints that I'd had from school and well-meaning people, but to realise that, uh, you know, history was his story and, um, you know, there's many, many different versions of history. For instance, in Jap Japan, they don't teach the Second World War in schools in Japan at the moment, so they're getting a different version of history. So that really triggered me to go on a search, which I'm still on to this day from 1994 to now to find out, you know, what's the truth in life? What's this all about? And I mean, the beautiful thing is it's led me to have the most incredibly crazy, wonderful life of taking ownership for myself. So, um, and I think in 2012, when you know, it was meant to be the end of the world with the Mayan prophecies, and that's what the media said. But, of course, anybody who understood the prophecies knew that it was a shake-up from, from there. And I really think that now COVID um, has been the thing that's triggered what's going to be a seven-year cycle, which is really going to allow people to choose. People are going to choose right now consciously whether they become conscious and stop believing a lot of the BS that we were fed um, or whether they... Uh, simply, you know, want to toe the line and and uh, do everything the, the government or the, the boss or whoever they listen to, the media, um, actually says they should. So it's we're at a pivotal point in human history right now. And every single person listening to this is, you know, here for a reason. And they've chosen to be incarnated at this point in time and this point in history, which I find fascinating, to be honest with you. I'm not sure what your opinion is. My opinion is is fairly similar to yours because, as I said, you know, I try and remain as as objective as I can, but it's just something that that's become more and more and more apparent to me. I mean, um, in days gone by, when people sort of you know looked at me and I spoke about what I believed and what I thought and everything, um, I was often considered somewhat of a fringe dweller with some weird ideas about uh, how the world works and energy and intention and purpose. That seems to be becoming more of the norm these days. However, there's still a lot of people that are that are trapped and, and that have challenges, and particularly uh, in our country, Mike. And and um, I just I'm just looking now at your your circle of excellence, where you say prosperity, freedom, purpose. These are things that make huge sense to me, but yet we still seem to be to be struggling and we seem to be stuck. Uh, and and taking that last step. So, what what do you do in terms of of helping to educate people? Well, firstly, prosperity, freedom, and purpose, David. Two out of three of those never work. So, 
you know, I know South Africa is considered by the world to be probably a second world country these days, sometimes a third world country, you'll see it written. But, you know, in this country, we have a lot of prosperous people with a lot of freedom. And, you know, any listener who, who doesn't believe that, I mean, I do business in over 50 countries and South Africa is one of the most profitable for us um, continuously. So, but those same people don't seem to have a lot of purpose. So they tend to be generally unhappy. Um, whereas you might go to Bali and people have a lot of purpose and a lot of freedom, but not much prosperity. Guess what? They're generally unhappy as well. So, you know, for the last 20 odd years, I've been on a, a mission to really show people um, the true possibility that lies within themselves. And particularly for entrepreneurs. I mean, I spoke with John Key, who was the past Prime Minister of New Zealand for eight years between 2008, 2016. And he said to me right back in 2008, Mike, politicians will never change the world. It's very unlikely. Business leaders, probably even more unlikely. It's entrepreneurs and grass people at grassroots who have the most chance of changing the way the world works. And I really took that on. I really agreed with him. So, you know, we do that through books. We do it through seminars. We do it through coaching programs. We do it through retreats um, when we were allowed to have them pre-COVID. We do it through all sorts of mechanisms. And, you know, we truly are global. So one of our bases is Cape Town. Another one of our bases is Auckland. Another one of our bases is in the Greek islands. So, you know, we, we, like, to, we like to travel. We like to experience the world. And, you know, so many people put up so many barriers to doing things, David, and and I can remember, you know, with a, a past partner of mine, her parents said that, you know, they'll have to wait till they retire to, to travel. Well, guess what? They're of retirement age now and they're not traveling. So, you know, I'm very much a carpe diem, seize the day type person. And I think that's why, you know, I laugh when you said, oh, Mike's done so many things. I'm a PR person's nightmare because they don't quite know how to brand me. But but I think the reason is, is because I don't want to die not knowing whether I want to go somewhere or do something. So therefore, you know, I've written books, I've created films, I've played in bands, I've, I've got multiple businesses, you know, I'm in multiple countries. And all of that is not because, you know, I have any more or any less opportunity than anybody. I was an orphan at 15. It's because I wanted to experience the world and I, I want to experience the greatness that the world has to offer. And that's as simple as you know, watching somebody walk along the beach with their dog as it is making the next million dollars, which quite frankly, for most people is probably pretty boring. Fantastic stuff. Wow. Lots to think about. My special guest is uh, Mike Hancock, and we'll be back with him in just a bit. This is What's Involved. So good to have you along with us. And we're back with my guest, Mike Hancock, man of man, international man of mystery and many talents. Maybe we should say that. But Mike, to, to, to get back to what, what you were saying there and talking about prosperity, freedom, purpose, and, and I like to, to focus on, on the South African context. There are so many people out there that are struggling, that are wanting to break free. As I said, there is a shift in consciousness, but where does one start? So, for example, in terms of what you do, where would you say people should start? I'll give you three practical tips for, for the audience, David, and, and for everybody out there that's listening to this these are really simple, so they're not rocket science. Firstly, um, Jim Rohn said this, but I think Tony Robbins became famous for it, but it's the truest truth. You're defined by the five people that you hang out with the most. 
So guess what? If you look around your inner circle, the people you're hanging out with, and they're doomsayers, doubters, distractors, then you don't have a wealth network around you. You have a poverty network around you that's going to keep you stuck. So you need to move, you know, people that you possibly love, they could even be your family, your parents, maybe even your spouse, you need to move them to another relationship with you and you, and you need to bring in uh, different people. It's the same as I say to CEOs and companies who, you know, if they want to change the culture of the company, change 20% of the staff and the culture of the company will change. So number one is look at the people you're hanging around with most. Number two is a bit of advice uh, my CEO in my corporate days gave me, which I thought was fantastic. And I took it and it's probably created the life I have now. He said, Mike, sometimes you've just got to grab onto somebody's coattails, go for the ride and see where it takes you. Now, that doesn't mean you grab onto the next, uh, you know, big talking, highfalutin, rah-rah type of person's coattails. But if you resonate with somebody, if you're really feeling them, if, if your heart warms when you're seeing them or being exposed to them or, you know, then look to get some sort of relationship with them where you can learn from them, a mentor relationship, a coach relationship. You know, if you don't have money, you know, give them some time, go and work for them, learn their stuff. I mean, um, Brad Sugars, who ran Action International, Action Coach is the biggest coaching group in the world. When Brad was 21, 22, for two years, he worked for nothing for a good friend of mine, Paul Dunn, who um, is the founder of Buy One, Give One, uh, probably one of the biggest charity groups in the world. When Paul was in, in enterprise, Brad followed him around the world and carried his bags and made appointments for him and did all those things. I mean, Brad these days is probably worth in excess of $100 million. And probably the third bit of advice is literally to just take one step, to just get started, to go and buy a book, to read something, to make a change in your life, to, to decide you're going to do something differently. You know, a journey isn't the, the end. A journey is one step at a time. And we're all on a journey in life, each and every one of us, including David and myself. So just be prepared to take that next step. You're not standing still. Move. Wonderful. Yeah, well, they, they do say that a definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. But a lot of people feel overwhelmed by this, this, this world, this life that, that we live in. Um, the simplest things. Um, I've been chatting recently to a bunch of people um, that uh, there seems to be a resurgence of um, stuff based around the secret, creating your own reality, um, you know, sort of pulling a new reality into existence. And yet people are still a bit confused about that. Where do you stand on that in terms of, you know, somebody says to you, oh, yes, you can just sort of meditate your way into prosperity. Well, uh, I know Jack Canfield. I know Marsha Martin, who is actually the lady behind The Secret and introduced Rhonda Byrne, who made The Secret, to, to Jack and the team at the Transformational Leadership Council. I know a bunch of the people are there. Um, and I think the film missed the point. So, you know, you can sit under a tree all you want and meditate, you know, I need a Ferrari, I need a Ferrari, I need a Ferrari, I need a Ferrari. And guess what? When you wake up, there'll probably be an Italian girl standing in front of you called Anita Ferrari. So, um, you know, it's not necessarily going to work. I think the thing is that what it's got, what's got to happen is you have to involve the five senses. And that means you've got to smell it, you've got to taste it, you've got to touch it, you've got to hear it, and you've got to feel it. Um, so 
that's just part one of this, meaning that you, when you do your meditation, you have to go right into this and you also have to be prepared to give it up and give up your dream because only in giving up your dream will you allow the freedom for the universe to deliver it. And then I think the most importantly on that is another little formula that I think is great for people is the word attraction, the law of attraction is actually three words. Attraction comes from, if you take the AT at the front, off it has the word traction in it. And if you take the TR off that, it has the word action in it. So the basis of all attraction is action. And action creates traction, which creates attraction. So if you want to be, I don't know, the, the best entrepreneur in the world, then take some action, start doing some things. That doesn't mean sitting there and posting on Facebook, hoping somebody will look at you. It literally means make some calls, meet with some people. You probably got no idea what you're saying, but just keep doing it. And then suddenly you're going to say, hey, this thing's getting some traction. And then somebody, sudden time, somebody's going to be so enamored with you, maybe your work ethic or what you're doing that they're going to come along and lift you up to the next level. You look at all the great stories, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, you know, Zuckerberg, the list goes on and on and on. That was their model, action, traction, attraction. So meditation in itself is a very, very small part of the law of attraction. And equally so, make sure that when you are meditating that you don't think, oh, I don't want to have a partner who's fat because guess what? You're going to get a partner who's very overweight. Um, so instead of that, just meditate on somebody who's slim. So be careful of the negatives because the universe sees no negatives. It's like, again, using Bali. Bali has many, many uh, spiritual philosophies, but there's no good or bad in Bali. There just is. The universe works the same way. I'm glad that we're talking about this because as, as part of my journey, one of the things that I used to, to be very, very conscious of is, you know, wanting to be on radio and wanting to be on the biggest radio stations and be famous and be adored. And I used to measure my self-worth by how many people knew me and about uh, the price of my toys and the clothes, et cetera, et cetera. And it's one of those stories where the universe came, came knocking. And I always say that, uh, you know, in the beginning, it whispers quietly to you. And then eventually, if you insist on ignoring it, you get a smack upside the head. And it literally took me losing everything, every last thing that I possibly had that uh, society would have said would make me successful uh, for me to sit down and take a little bit of stock of my life and what I'm doing. The strange thing is these days, in terms of, of financial wealth, money, um, a lot of people would say I'm, I'm not successful. However, I consider myself one of the richest people in the world because I get to get up every day, do what I love in a place that I love with people that I love. Um, is this part of the journey that you've experienced? Absolutely. And, and whilst I haven't experienced your losing everything, you know, I've been pretty lucky in my life. But, uh, you know, my partner and I, we're not materially focused at all. I mean, I literally, two weeks ago, we had to buy a car because we've been stuck with COVID in South Africa. We normally travel for eight months a year. So we don't need a car. I haven't had a car in 15 years. So it was a whole experience to, you know, to go to the, uh, to the car dealer and actually buy a car and, you know, go through the sales process and see that. It was actually, you know, it was fun to do that. But, you know, true freedom, David, and I think you've expressed it, and I say it to this, freedom is doing what you want, when you want, wherever you want, with who you want. 
and how you want. And, you know, you've realized now that, you know, you may not um, be, uh, uh, you know, Howard Stern, for instance, or, or have a brand, you know, that's quite that big, but you're actually a very well-known person by the people that you care to know. And that's much more important. You know, I always wanted to be a rock star, you know, right from the time I was a teenager, I wanted to be a rock star. And, you know, whilst Mick Jagger's 70 something and nearly 80 and, and still is a rock star, I mean, I'm not that old, but uh, I'm in my 50s. But, uh, you know, from that aspect, it was only probably about seven or eight years ago, I realized, wow, I've actually become a rock star because I go to India and the paparazzi follow me around and I go and talk on stages and lots of people turn up. And if I want to, I can bring my guitar and play some songs. And, you know, I've actually got fans around the world, but it's not at all what I thought it was going to be. My fans don't chase me. They're actually friends of mine and I love them and they love me. It's a really different vibe than what I thought it would be when I was 20. So, you know, it's careful what you wish for because you do get it if you, if you just do the work and don't get taken off course. And most people, it's like Warren Buffett would tell you this. I mean, he's still in the first house he ever bought. Most people have sold 20 houses and they've still got no money, but if they held on the onto the first house they bought, you know, they, they'd have it. And I'm one of those. I checked the price point on the first house I ever bought the other day. I bought it for 34000 It's now worth $1.1 million, you know, but I don't have that house anymore. So we're not defined by what we've got. And I think, you, you know, anybody who thinks that they've got a long way to go before they become conscious and they've got, you know, they've got some real hard uh, thinking to do when, when they get to the other side of this life. Because I haven't met a person who's in the last part of dying yet who said, Mike, I'm so happy I bought a Mercedes and had a, had a you know, 100, uh, 100 room house. I've never met anybody who said that. And I don't know of anybody in hospice who's told me anybody who's said that. People think about their memories, what they experienced, who they loved, who loved them. That's what's important in this world. I don't know if I've ever shared this on radio, but uh, I'm going to share it now. Is is one of the things that had uh, an incredibly profound effect on my life was um, my dad passed away. He had heart failure and uh, he was in the ICU and I was sitting with him and he looked at me and he said to me, David, son, one thing I want you to promise me is never do what I did. Never live a life of quiet desperation. Um, and that that stuck with me because it was just one of those things that slaps you upside the head. Yeah, but- that's a great statement. Wow, I mean that that is that is like the the genius. The purpose of his whole life was almost to tell you that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I believe that. I, I, I sincerely do believe that. Um, this is what's involved, by the way. My special guest is uh, Mike Hancock. We could probably chat forever, uh, but we're going to take a break when we come back more from Mike. And we're back with my special guest, Mike Hancock. Okay, Mike, let's let's move along because we've, we've glossed over a couple of things. We've highlighted a few things. But if I am now sitting and listening to this, whether it be the radio broadcast or the podcast, and I go, okay, I like what Mike's saying. Um, where do I where do I start? How would I start to interact with Mike? And um, it, Circle of Excellence, is that a place to start? Your Circle of Excellence is, is our master company. We've got about, you know, six or seven different brands which sit under the Circle of Excellence umbrella. But somebody can go to circleofexcellence.biz, B-I-Z, and simply drop a connection there, or you can pick me up on LinkedIn, 
Mike Hancock, H-A-N-D-C-O-C-K. So they're, they're two good places to, to start. Connect with me on LinkedIn or drop us a note through Circle of Excellence. Happy to answer any questions, happy to guide you. And if you want to start with a, with a book, um, you know, you can go to Amazon and pick up one of my books. The most recent one was Conscious Leadership, which went to number one on Amazon last year. We launched it during covid and if you're an entrepreneur, you might want to grab a copy of Entrepreneur X Factor, which was also an Amazon number one, which is a, a co-authored book that uh, that Landy, my partner, and I put out, but we did 24 case studies of different entrepreneurs in it. So there's some places to start. That sounds wonderful. I'm, I'm actually going to, uh, as soon as I'm done chatting to you, I'm going to certainly go and look at, uh, at Amazon and uh, have a look at some of those things. But so you say you've got different companies and the one thing i think we need in this in this country is a more entrepreneurs and b more conscious leaders so if somebody is is thinking about this and they're in a position um a lot of uh, listeners to my show are in uh, the research indicates they're in fairly senior positions if they're feeling this need to change as well in terms of conscious leadership um i've noticed more and more uh, the term conscious capitalism coming up where would they start? I mean, what is your advice? Get the books, fantastic. Go to circleofexcellence.biz, uh, but uh, some practical advice for somebody that can begin now. Okay, well, I really think um, the way you've structured the question, I have to guide them to Amazon to the book Conscious Leadership because I think it's going to share a lot. But uh, why I wrote the book is, you know, I've been studying conscious leadership and Forbes magazine in I think about 2016 came out with the best statement for conscious leadership I've seen. It said, it said, conscious leadership is not trying to save the planet. Conscious leadership is the preparedness of a leader to do the deep journey within themselves so they show up as their truest, most authentic self. So, you know, if you've got a lot of listeners that are in, in senior management, then, um, and, you know, looking to grow themselves, grow their business, or maybe move out entirely, the first step you've got to do is you've got to understand yourself. And, you know, in my life, I've found the number one mistake entrepreneurs make, because we work a lot with entrepreneurs, is they have no idea who they are. So that would be the first thing is to go and do some work um, with a coach, with a mentor, you know, through one of our programs with us, if you if you feel the, the need to, to connect with us and actually do some deep inner work and find out who you are. And you may find out that you're an entirely different person. You know, I was a general manager of a financial services company. I can read a pivot table. For those of you that don't know what that is, it's a three-dimensional spreadsheet. Boy, talk about boring. But I mean, that's something I never want to have to do again in my life, but I have that ability. And does it fizz me up? No, not at all. But everything I do on my day-to-day -day basis makes me excited. So now that I understand who I am, I'm in much better space to, to use the, the number one best word you can use in, in life, which is no. No, I don't want to do that. No, I'm not going to move there, et cetera, et cetera. And then I think for, for people is just to really get started. Start small. Um, I didn't leap out of corporate. I manufactured my way out. It took 18 months to do that. So I had a nice package behind me, which allowed me really two years of making mistakes as a self-employed person. Landy, my partner, you know, had eight months before she had to worry about being self-employed. So it's not about leaping from the frying pan into the fire. It's about, uh, about moving forward. And I think you bring up the word conscious capitalism. Let me just give you a quick spin on that. And then you might want to sort of unplug that a bit, David. 
conscious capitalism is realizing that um, in any business dealings, whether you're hiring a new staff member or opening a new, pro new product line, there really has to be four wins. We used to hear in the 80s and 90s of a win-win relationship. We know what those are, a win for you and a win for the client. But I'm going to add on two more. A win for the community. In other words, a win for the greater good and also a karmic win as well, meaning that it, it's just good. So if you look at this, conscious capitalism is probably not investing in the latest methamphetamine factory, that's for sure, you know, if we put it bluntly. But any product that you're bringing out, looking at what, what's its social footprint going to be? What's its ecological footprint going to be? What's it going to mean to my staff? What's it going to mean to my existing clients? clients? What's it going to mean to the infrastructure and community around my factories or my shops or whatever? That's really it. So four wins. Win for yourself, win for the client, win for the greater good, and also a karmic win as well. If you can do that with anything you do, and it doesn't matter whether you're a uh, a, a plumber who owns their own business or the CEO of one of the biggest companies in South Africa listening to this, if you can take that on board in your daily life, um, you will be creating just a magical world for all of us for the future. And that's what needs to happen. Absolutely. I would agree with you 100%. My special guest is uh, Mike Hancock, um, entrepreneur, thought leader, mystic, um, show me bits and pieces, but no labels. Um, he is just Mike Hancock. This is What's Involved. We'll be back with you in just a bit to wrap it up with Mike. And we're back with my guest, Mike Hancock, wrapping it up. Mike, it's been a fascinating chat so far. I feel that, that we could literally do this once a week regularly and, and still not cover everything uh, that uh, I certainly would like to cover. But um, so you've got your various products. We've talked about Amazon. We've talked about Circle of Excellence. Is this where, if somebody goes, listen, I, I like this guy. Um, is this where we could go to to connect with you in terms of maybe working with you guys, getting some coaching, um, finding our purpose? Because a lot of a lot of the, the the stress at this stage is is people that are going, okay, I'm waking up now, but now I have no idea what my purpose is. Absolutely. And, and you know, before I answer your question, David, I just want to congratulate you. I do a lot of interviews, but, you know, the reason why you, know, you have such a great following is because the quality of your questions is fantastic and, and you really get inside the head of the, the guests that you have. So, you know, well done to you for that. Uh, and I, too, have very much enjoyed today's talk. Um, you know, I would literally suggest that, uh, you know, if people want to get serious about this, that they drop me a note on LinkedIn and, uh, and come directly to me, uh, and, and then we can pick up a discussion from there. But it's fascinating with what you're talking about, David, because, you know, we've got very high-level clients, you know, all around the world. And I would think during 2020 and even into 2021, where I'd normally be having a call with a client and talking about their positioning or their marketing or their new product launch or something, you know, like that, that I, I would normally do in my way of helping them with their businesses and their careers. In the last 12 months, I think I've done, and Lundy as well, we've done more coaching and more discussions on spirit animals, signs, symbols, God, um, faith, um, connection with family, um, communication with self and purpose than probably in the 10 years before that. So, you know, these are the things that are truly important. And 
I've not yet found a truly great leader who doesn't have a very, very strong sense of self and strong sense of purpose and really knows who they are. So that's absolutely the place to start. And yet, I find that most people have no idea who they are. Um, most people are a conglomerate of imprints and undercurrents that were fed in, programmed into them as a child um, and, you know, during their formative years. I mean, my mother told me that all salespeople were criminals. Um, but, you know, then I realised, hey, if I want a girlfriend, I have to sell. If I want a job, I have to sell. If I want to, you know get my friends to go to the movies on a Saturday night, I have to sell. So, you know, you've got to sell constantly. So these imprints and the worst ones are coming out of media at the moment. And, you know, I think we're all aware of how much fake news there is in the world. Um, they're the biggest things holding us back. And the only truth is actually inside each and every one of our own hearts. And so when we find that truth within our heart, then suddenly we don't have to worry about what the world does because we know the truth inside our own heart and that, and that guides us. It guides us in our life decisions and our business decisions. And because of that, we'll make better decisions, which means we'll have a much greater quality life, just like you were saying you have. Absolutely. It's interesting. As you were talking now, I was just thinking uh, a couple of weeks ago, I interviewed uh, Pepe Marais, um, and he is uh, one of the founders of Joe Public, the ad agency. Yep. And he, he was also very, very clear on what his purpose is and what Joe Public's person, uh, English, David, put your false teeth back in. <laughs> what Joe Public's purpose is, um, and for, for Joe Public, it's it's growth. And then he breaks down what growth means. And he says since he's discovered that for himself and for his his company, the, the, the success and the growth has just been incredible. So I think it's a very, very important place to start. And there's, there's lots of things we could still uh, get into and talk about. Before we end off, though, I'd like to find out from you, Mike, um, what's next for you? Because you've now been in Cape Town um, with COVID and, and, you know, nobody else in the world really wants us South Africans to come visit them at the moment. So so what's next for you? Um, well, we're definitely looking to get back on the road and travel. We did have a trip to Zanzibar book, but then Mango went broken and stymied that one. So we're off to the Kruger National Park for a week very soon. But what's next? Uh, we started working on uh, a, a documentary film. We did it. We launched one in 2010, <clears throat> and that was very successful. And uh, we started working on that prior to COVID. So COVID sort of knocked that one around a little bit. But I think we're in a, a space where we can really, um, you know, sail in and, and get back into that in the next 12 months. And I think that's going to really help people because the movie is called Harmony and it's about a lot of the things that we've been talking about today. And, I mean, Harmony, as Pythagoras said, is, uh, you know, it's the number nine because um, uh, everything in music leads to the number nine. Pythagoras was the father of music and mathematics, which Einstein called the only two, two pure sciences. So we're really looking for people to create inner harmony. And, and once they have that inner harmony and balance, then they'll truly become more resilient. And that will turn up not only in their mental self, but in their physical self as well, because this won't be the only pandemic that we're faced with in the next 30 years, for sure. That's just the, This is just the beginning of the new world. So um, we as a species need to become more resilient. So that's what we're looking forward to the most and writing some new books. I'm writing novels at the moment. I'm working with Dan Brown's uh, editor on my second novel. Um, and uh, that's in the Truth Seekers series. You'll see the first novel up on Amazon. So I'm enjoying doing, doing that. So onwards and upwards, and we're running our companies and we're meeting lots of great people. 
still from around the world. It's uh, not a week goes by that I'm not having calls with different people around the world. In fact, I'm straight off this call with somebody to somebody from India. So, uh, so that's my life. I love it. And I know you love your life too. And if somebody's watching or listening to this and they're not loving their life, then time to put a stake in the ground and make a shift. Absolutely. And you've got to start somewhere. And, and I've, I've spoken a lot about this on the show over the last couple of years. Um, it doesn't matter where you start. Uh, I always used to expect that I had to have a roadmap uh, that was laid out for me and a set of instructions neatly written out. It's not like that, okay? The best way I can think of describing what uh, what living on the fringe is all about is uh, dancing on the edge of chaos and having an absolute blast while you do it. Mike Hancock, thank you so much for having a chat to us. Um, once again, we do appreciate your time. Thank you, David. Thanks, everyone. There we go. That was my special guest, Mike Hancock. Uh, you can find out more about uh, Mike and his businesses, what he does at circleofexcellence.biz or go and check it out on uh, Amazon. That's where I'm going uh, right after I finish this. Um, it's Mike Hancock, H-A-N-D-C-O-C-K. Wraps it up for this part of what's involved. To each and every one of you, look after yourselves, take care, and thank you for listening.